Good morning. Thank you for joining me for worship today on this first Sunday of Advent. Um, today is the traditional hanging of the greens service. So instead of the usual service, I am going to do part of the hanging of the greens for you today. And I hope you find it meaningful as we begin our Advent season together. Our Father, we long for the simple beauty of Christmas, for all the familiar melodies, words, and symbols that remind us of that great miracle when God, who had made all things, came one night as a babe to lie in the crook of a woman's arm. But in that longing, let us even more yearn for your renewed presence among us, even as we celebrate and expect the coming of your Son. Before such mystery, we kneel as we follow shepherds and wise men to bring you the gift of our love, a love we confess that has not always been as warm or sincere or real as it should have been. Now, as we enter into this Advent season, we pray that love would find its beloved and from you receive the grace to make it pure again, warm and real. We bring you our gratitude for every token of your love, for all the ways you have heaped blessings upon us during the years that have gone. And we do pray, Lord Jesus, that as we begin this four-week journey of expectation and hope, we may do it in a manner well-pleasing to you. May all we do and say, every tribute of our hearts, bring honor to your name that we, your people, may remember your birth and feel your presence among us even yet. May the loving kindness of this Advent season and the true spirit of Christmas not only creep into our hearts, but there abide, so that not even the return to earthly cares and responsibilities, not all the festivities of our own devising, may cause it to creep away weeping. May the joy and spirit of Christmas remain with us now and forever. In the name of Jesus, who came to save his people from their sins, even in that lovely name, we pray. Amen. As we begin the Christmas year, we also celebrate the holy season known as Advent. It is a time when we prepare ourselves for the coming of our Messiah. Advent means coming. We celebrate these days of Advent in expectation and preparation for Christ's arrival. Through the centuries, Christians have observed a time of waiting and expectation before celebrating the birth of our Savior at Christmas. The Advent season is a time for reflection and preparation, but its mood is joyful. Advent has been enriched by Christian tradition to reflect its distinctive Christian meaning. It proclaims the revelation of God's love as expressed in Christ's birth in a humble stable, his sacrificial death on the cross, and his victorious resurrection. It points to the hope of Christ's coming again as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us. 
asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ the King. Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. Over these next weeks of Advent, let us listen to the lessons of the years and the centuries, not just to impre- not just to impress impressions of the moment. The images in the biblical story are often discouraging. War, hate, famine, epidemics, a Caesar on his throne, a Paul in prison, Christians being persecuted. But now, after the centuries, the Caesar is gone. Paul is a symbol of faith, and Jesus, the truth and the light, is reaching out to every nation. Let us, through the great traditions of our faith, join with the shepherds of Bethlehem, the wise men from the east, and the seekers throughout the ages, to welcome the one who came at Christmas. Let us at Christmas tide bring our gifts to him, and may the message of our songs be glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to peoples everywhere. Nations rage from 
age to age we remember who holds us fast. God's mercy must deliver us from the conqueror's crushing grasp. This saving word that our forebears heard is the promise which holds us bound. Till the spear and rod can be crushed by God who is turning the world around. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn. A reading from Isaiah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you are angry, and we sinned, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hands of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord. Do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. 
But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of Our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The Sanctuary Evergreens The most striking and most universal feature of Christmas is the use of evergreens in churches and homes. Among ancient Romans, evergreens were an emblem of peace, joy, and victory. The early Christians placed them in their windows to indicate that Christ had entered the home. Holly and ivy, along with pine and fir, are called evergreens because they never change color. They are evergreen, ever alive, even in the midst of winter. They symbolize the unchanging nature of our God, and they remind us of the everlasting life that is ours through Christ Jesus. Under Christian thought and sentiment, holly became widely used in church celebrations. Holly was considered as the burning bush or a symbol of Mary whose being glows with the Holy Spirit. The red berries represented the blood drops from the cruel thorns in the crown of Jesus. In Isaiah, we find these words, The glory of Lebanon shall come unto you, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of your sanctuary. Our forefathers called the procuring of these evergreens, bringing home Christmas. The Christmas Tree Today the Christmas tree is the center of our festivities, glittering with lights and ornaments. It is a part of the beauty and meaning of Christmas. There are several legends and stories about the Christmas tree. The first use of the Christmas tree was in the medieval German paradise plays, held outdoors and pro pro portraying the creation of humankind. The tree of life was a fir tree decorated with apples. Later, other ornaments were hung upon them, such as paper flowers and gilded nuts. In England, branches or whole trees were forced to bloom indoors for Christmas. From these beginnings, the use of a Christmas tree was established. Martin Luther was perhaps the first to use lighted tree. The story is that on one Christmas Eve, Martin Luther wandered outdoors and became enraptured with the beauty of the starry sky. Its brilliance and loveliness led him to reflect on the glory of the first Christmas Eve as seen in Bethlehem's radiant skies. Wishing to share with his wife and children the enchantment he had felt, he cut from the forest an evergreen, glistening with snow, and took it home. 
He placed upon it candles to represent the glorious heavens he had seen. The use of a candle-lighted tree spread to all Europe. Then America came to regard it as the central ornament of Christmas. The Christmas Poinsettia Most Christmas greenery reflects European tradition, but one colorful plant which looks like a flaming star, the poinsettia, is a native of the American continent. It was named after Dr. Joel Robert Poinsett, an ambassador to Mexico, who first introduced it to the United States in 1828. The people of Mexico and Central America called the brilliant tropical plant the Flower of the Holy Night. The poinsettia is a many-pointed star that has become a symbol of the Star of Bethlehem. The Advent Candles Advent is a time of expectation, and this is symbolized not only by the four-week period of preparation, but also by the lighting of an Advent candle on each Sunday of the season. The flame of each new candle reminds us, the worshipers, that something is happening and something more is still to come. The candles are arranged in a circle to remind us of the continuous power of God, which knows neither beginning nor ending. There is also symbolism in the colors of the candles. The blue candles symbolize the coming of Christ with the royal line of David. He is coming as the King of Kings, as well as the Prince of Peace. The large white candle in the center is known as the Christ candle and points to Jesus as the Christ, the light of the world. A progression is noted in the lighting of the candles of the Advent wreath each Sunday. Each candle symbolizes various aspects of our waiting experience. The culmination of the season comes as we light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. We join in rejoicing that the promise of long ago has been fulfilled. Advent is a time for the human heart to wait while entrusting God's eternal time. How long, O Lord, how long? For those waiting for an answered prayer, grant your steadfast patience. For those waiting in the face of uncertainty, grant unshakable confidence in your sovereign provision. For those waiting for justice and mercy to reign, grant a glimpse of your glory in our wounded world. For all of us waiting for God's kingdom to come, grant that we might have the peace of Christ as we wait, the love of Christ as we act, and the grace of Christ as we speak. This morning we light the first candle, which reminds us that throughout history, God's people have spent time waiting, wandering, and wondering about the timing of God's eternal plan. Like the people of old, we long for God's presence to illuminate the areas of life where we are called to wait. This morning we echo the words of the psalmist, Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord.
the nativity. One of the most heartwarming expressions of Christmas is the nativity. The nativity speaks of the mystery of God's wisdom. Why God chose to send his son into our world as a baby of humble birth, born in common surroundings, we do not know. What we do know is that God reached out to all people, including the poor and wealthy, the simple and the wise, the powerless and the powerful. All who found him knelt in humility before him. Knowing God is possible because he came to us at our level. Whenever we see a nativity, we find ourselves with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds and with the wise men, bowing before the manger, overwhelmed by God's expression of love in coming to us. Gifts of Christmas From the beginning of Christmas celebrations, gift-giving has been a part of the season. The wise men gave out their treasures, and the shepherds gave of themselves. Both express the gift of God in giving Christ as our Savior of the world. Unique in our history of generous givers is is the story of St. Nicholas, Bishop of Myra of Lycia, in the 4th century A.D., He is reputed to have been wealthy, his emblem being three purses and three golden balls. This was the symbol of rich Italian families of his time. It survives today in the signs of some of our pawn shops. The good bishop gave his money away secretly to those whom he found in need. He was deeply interested in young people, giving his wealth especially to maidens who lacked whose lack of a dowry was affecting their matrimonial future, and to needy boys. Gifts coming from unknown sources were commonly attributed to him, and parents customarily gave him credit for their gifts to their children. The discovery of his generosity is said to have been made by the father of three dowry-less daughters, The eldest, too, each received from the chimney on successive nights a substantial gift of gold with her name on it. The father resolved to watch and see who their generous benefactor could be. His vigil revealed the good Saint Nicholas as the donor of the gifts. His name survives today as the human embodiment of unselfish giving. Hanging up our stockings in pleasant anticipation of Santa's gifts may have originated from the fact that the maidens, needing and expecting a dowry from the good St. Nicholas, suspended a stocking to catch the money purse the generous bishop was sure to drop down the chimney. The Christ of Christmas The greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of God in Christ Jesus. All that we do at this holy season points to that expression of holy love. Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, God's gift at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children and to those who, by faith in Christ, 
become part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine that the gift goes on. Let us pray. O God, you have caused this world to shine with the illumination of the true light. You have given us your only begotten Son to take on our nature upon him to reveal to us your glory and grace. As you have given this gift in love, may we receive it with joy. Grant that we, being regenerate and made by your children, and made your children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit. Grant us, we pray, as we have known the mystery of that light upon earth, so may we also reflect that light to a darkened world. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May God direct your ways in peace. May you abound in love for one another and for all, and strengthen your hearts until the coming of our Lord Jesus. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.